Five men under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. Under the hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Runs right in the air deep. Is it enough? It's gone. Ball game over. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Rubisky. Robinson. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. The market at the front. Oh! He didn't come for the massage. He came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, man. Put a body on that man. Please. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Swift. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. <laughs> On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN <laughs> app. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What's up and welcome in. We gave away our Blackhawks convention tickets saying what's up to Saeed from Skokie. People are hitting me on Instagram asking me about the Blackhawks convention tickets. They are gone. But we have a few more, do we not? Can we give away two more? Can we just... Listen, if I get in trouble, just put it on me, okay? Don't... I don't want you guys to be able to take, you know, get all the brunt of the anger from Elena and Adam. I'll take it, okay? I mean, Felix is leaving in a week or so here, so why don't we just fork it all off on him? That's fine. Okay, done. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so Blackhawks convention tickets. So I do have more. Okay. So, cause I want my listeners, I want the people that listen to under the hood with Jonathan Hood is going to be taken care of with Blackhawks convention tickets. Yeah. So if you want to go step by listen device, I got a few more to give away Two four packs. Do you know three? Do you have three friends? Do you have three other Blackhawks friends? You can go to the Blackhawks convention, our way of saying thanks for listening, to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We will talk to Patrick Nolan, who covers the Chicago White Sox for the Sox machine. We'll hear from Patrick coming up in about five minutes here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We started the show talking about the Cubs and talking about David Haw from the Chicago Tribune talking about this column that he wrote uh, Cubs fans should appreciate Madden for what he's done. And the key paragraph that he wrote that resonated with me today was that Madden merits an extension through 2021 when the Cubs could start to change. But realistically, Madden makes $6 million a year, and baseball trends make it harder to envision a Cubs organization typically ahead of the industry curve investing that much money in a manager, even the best one in franchise history. My sense is we would know by now if that were the case, talking about whether or not Epstein and Madden will be together for next season and beyond. Under Epstein, the Cubs seldom have followed their hearts over their heads. Very key in the piece that David wrote today in the Tribune. Because to me, it's a no-brainer that someone who brought you the World Series championship, you didn't have it all these years going back to 1872, didn't have it enough, at least since 1872. And you haven't had it in the modern era in forever. And so Madden comes along, the money is spent, there's quality, depth, 
And all of a sudden, the Cubs win the World Series. Great. So why can't Epstein and Madden be tied together through 2021? Why can't that happen? Because of egos. I mentioned this before with the Blackhawks with Joel Quinville. There's no reason why Joel Quinville is coaching the Florida Panthers. There's really no reason. Three Stanley Cups? No, he's not the right guy now. His mustache is too bushy. So you're going to let him go? Why? Why would you do that? Because of egos. Who gets the credit? Who gets the blame? If the team's underachieves, got to blame the coach, right? It's, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. There's a reason why you as a fan wear the jerseys of players with the players' names on the back. You don't have jerseys with the manager or the coach's name on the back because they can come and go. However, if you've won it as a team, you can underachieve as a team and get back up there. Nothing's guaranteed, but if, why not keep the guy that's been around? I just think that's nonsense. And what's going to happen is is that even though Theo Epstein will say that it's on him, you know who it's going to be on. Joe understands the rhythms of the season and, and rest and the importance of it as, as much as, as anybody. It's, the same, it's a tricky subject, though, because you, you, you also don't want to talk about it too much or you end up using it as an excuse and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think the best way to counter um, fatigue is to have tremendous depth. We typically have on this club and this year because of some underperformances, because of some decisions on my part that need to be better, like we haven't had quite the depth that we've had in years past is something we're actively trying to fix. I think that's the best way to combat fatigue. So the thoughts there from Theo Epstein with Waddle and Sylvie. At some point, you are what you are, and, and um, we, you know, we're gonna we have an opportunity here to play really good baseball and separate ourselves. We've, you know, we've made the most errors in the league. We've made the most outs on the bases in the league, and so some of those things are, are getting in the way of 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 us letting our talent manifest consistently. We don't want to be known for that stuff. So you know, we we just have to fix those little things and play better because you you know i could say that's not characteristic of who we are but if you do it over a long stretch of time you are how you play so the guys in the clubhouse know that you know they need they know we need to clean that up and play consistent assertive baseball and we're um we're hopeful it's going to happen put that on the poll felix at espn 1000 should madden have an extended contract or should madden return in 2020 put that on the poll and see how that comes back to cup fans everybody in Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. We also talked about Mitchell Trubisky, and we juxtaposed him to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers being the veteran quarterback, obviously, with the Green Bay Packers. Packers have been the hammer, and the bull, the uh, Bears have been the nail for a long time. But I think maybe there might be some change here. Not saying that Rodgers is going to be anything less, but the point is is that you could see that the that the arrows are pointing up for the Bears, especially defensively, and maybe for Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears. Some thoughts from Josh McCown, who was a former Bears quarterback on Waddle and Sylvie. He had some advice for Trubisky and Matt Nagy. Buy me some penis and cracker jack. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I would pass on to him, and, and I believe he's doing that with Chase Daniel there in the room, is you have to find out what it's going to take for you as you prepare to be successful and then and then stick to that. You know, build your toolbox of, of preparation, so to speak, and that's different than everybody else. And as he watches Chase prepare, when Chase had to play, 
maybe he learned some things. You know, that was the thing. You know, I, I, we pulled Sam along this year, and then Sam got hurt, and I had to play three-game stretch. And, and then when Sam got back in there, he played better football. And it was funny because it was it was the same things I was telling Sam, but when he observed me doing them, he really – his game, you know, kind of took another step. So – for for Mitch, it's the same thing. Is what did you what did you learn when you watched Chase play? How he ran the team, how he how he conducted practices, and then start to build your own voice, your own toolbox. Uh, you know, you know, you're going, you're heading into year three now, ready to really ready to take a big step forward. I think I I I love the kid's his skill set. I think he's exceptional. I think he can really spin the football, um, and he's in a great offense. And so I think it's it's a, it's a good moment for him to take a big step forward. But I'd say. Over the last two years, really, really look at how you prepared, the things that helped you be successful, and hone into that and really nail that this year. And and I think that will help with the consistency, you know, and, and playing. Because the only thing I can pick apart about his game right now is just the, the inconsistency that you see in all young quarterbacks, you know. And so it's just sticking to your preparation and being consistent with that, and I think that will uh, bear fruit on the field. So thoughts there from Josh McCown. I thought it was just that's really good advice about for Trubisky. McCown's been around for such a long time in the NFL. Trubisky, as I told Stacey Dales in our last hour, you can go back to the podcast under the hood with Jonathan Hood. That way you can hear our conversation. Trubisky has some good things working for him, but he's going to have to grow on that offense. The ball's got to get down the field. Got to get down the field. Cannot you cannot mask your deficiencies offensively with offensive linemen at the goal line or defensive linemen. They can't score for you. The offense has to score for themselves. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's talk about the Chicago White Sox. Oh, boy. (laughs) The Chicago White Sox. They did not fare well on this road trip. Absolutely not. Couldn't believe how poorly they played. The Chicago White Sox. How about that? So let us hear now. Let's hear from Patrick Nolan from Sox Machine. Covers the White Sox for Sox Machine, and he joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app as the White Sox got swept out of Kansas City. Patrick, as always, I appreciate your time. Um, so my first question for you, uh, what the hell's going on with the White Sox? Is this rock bottom? Well, I'll tell you this much. It certainly feels that way. I mean, Kansas City's been a thorn in our side for many years, and just when it seemed like we were finally turning the corner against them, you run into this, and it, I don't even want to call it a buzzsaw because <laughs> it's the Kansas City Royals. They're not very good. Um, I think what we're seeing here is that, uh, you know, some of the run differential situations the White Sox had in the first half, it's been, they've been outscored significantly by their opponents, and while they've done a good job of holding what leads they've gotten, um, the, the core talent that they've been putting out there was was probably less than their record, and I think that we're starting to see some of that even out. And I think that combined with their injuries to Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez, the lineup that they're running out there really isn't very good. And unfortunately, their play has reflected that lately. Yeah, they broke me today. The Sox, they broke me. When, when you're, it, it's one thing to lose against Oakland, a team that's uh, that's red hot here in the second half, but when you really play down to your competition, Kansas City, this is uh, this is a very low point. I was going to ask you: Is there a parallel to the Anderson injury? Tim provides so much energy and effort to the ball club. I'm wondering how much was that the pin in the balloon for the White Sox. 
Well, you know, he's, he's been out for a little bit, and I don't think that the, the downturn really coincided necessarily with when he's been injured. So uh, they were able to hold um, hold their own for a little bit after that. But, but you can certainly see in the lineup every day not just not just the swagger that's missing from Tim Anderson, but the fact that um, the lack of his uh, the lack of his hitting ability and the fact that they've had to put in somebody like a Charlie Tilson or a Ryan Cordell indirectly in the lineup in his place has has just been more than this lineup's been able to support. I mean, there's this. A cluster of hitters at the bottom of the lineup that um, you might say that a lot of them don't belong in the major leagues or don't belong starting on an everyday basis, but um, it's just an extra hole in a lineup that really couldn't support any more of them. Patrick Nolan from Sox Machine with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Patrick, is um, what has surprised you most about the season so far for the Sox? Some things that are really something that you can look forward to for the future based on what we've seen this season. Well, I think the biggest surprise would have to be Lucas Giolito. I mean, I know he has, uh, he's had some rougher starts of late, but the fact that he's been able to turn around at all from what he was last year has been remarkably surprising. Um, I personally did not expect very much from him coming into this year, but his more compact delivery has helped him be able to repeat it and helped him to cut down on those troublesome walks and command issues that plagued him last season. So I, I'd say that he, uh, he more than anything else, is the biggest surprise that, um, that I have to look forward to to the future from this year. Here's something that I don't uh, talk to the other guys from Sox Machine about very often, but I think we should bring him up because I'm just trying to determine what his future is, and that's Yomer Sanchez. So after this uh, game against the Royals today, 247, 311, 307 is his uh, slugging, uh, and that's his slash line. What what do you think of Sanchez long-term with this ball club? Because I'm not sure if I see it. Yeah, well, I think I believe his team control is up after next season, so it, we're really not talking about a long horizon, and he's not the type of player that you would really go more given year to year to on anyway if you wanted to keep him around after that. Um, obviously, a little bit of a down year for him with the bat. I mean, he's usually not a prolific hitter, but this is even worse than, than what he's usually put out there. Uh, definitely a capable, smart defender at multiple infield positions, and I think that he's the type of guy where if you have him as, as your backup infielder, and you've got you know three starters that stay reasonably healthy. You know you can, you can carry him on a team and have him be that guy who provides energy and is able to fill in in a pinch with um, with some good defense. Um, but what you're seeing right now is a guy who's been playing every day who really isn't qualified to, and I think that that's getting him exposed. So um, I wouldn't mind seeing Yomer hang around this team as a you know as the fourth infielder or maybe even a fifth infielder, depending on how they construct the roster. Um, but seeing any more of him than that is, is probably a sign that some things have gone wrong. I've said on the record that I'm not the biggest fan of Rick Renteria because I could see I could see the the light just like you could see the light for the White Sox in the future, and I just think that the Sox need to be led by more of a veteran manager, someone a little bit different, a little bit more pizzazz. I just think it's okay to upgrade if you feel like you're ready. But I think uh, along with losing against the Royals. Uh, Renteria goes out and gets kicked out today in the second inning, and he covers up his mouth, puts his hand, puts the cap over his mouth, and yells at the umpire. I don't think I've ever seen that before. That's that's the, uh, to me that's the that's the end, Nolan. That's the end right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. I mean, who, who argues with an umpire with your with a cap over your mouth? Who does that? 
don't know. He must be, I don't know what I don't know what he was saying, but uh, it must have been something that really that he didn't want other people to see. Um, and and you know, he, he's a guy who gets heated with umpires, and he gets thrown out quite a bit. I think he's right up there at the top of uh, you know all the managers for for ejections. And you know, from, from one sense, I, I think it's good to have a manager that goes to bat for his players. Um, I think that especially the younger guys probably like that a great deal. Um, but you know, you have to you have to wonder, and maybe this is something that was going through the mind of Theo Epstein, but as this team is increasingly composed of veterans rather than young kids who are trying to just break in and learn the, and learn how to play in the major leagues, um, I wonder how much of his act is going to be wearing thin in terms of the benchings and you know calls for bunting at weird times, uh, because some of that stuff uh, doesn't go over all that well with players that have been around and have been established, and I think it's a fair question to, to wonder if he's really the guy to be here long term, uh, just because some of his decision making and, and some of his um, his attitude might uh, might not mesh well with a winning team. So you want to change too? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's really going to be one. I mean, they've uh, they they seem to extend him in secret. It seems like the organization like it, likes him a lot. Um, I've never been a huge fan just because I, I think bunting is just basically taking runs off the off the board for your team, and he does it way too much. And you know, his lineup decisions can be weird. And um, you know, I wasn't a fan of like all these all his benchings for not hustling and the like because uh, he seems to apply those standards kind of arbitrarily. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind a change. Um, he has taken a couple of steps forward this year. I think, in particular, um, being able to get have his bullpen hold leads with uh, the hand he's been dealt there has been pretty impressive. I mean, a lot of credit to the players there as well, but he seemed to push the right buttons in that regard. So, so we'll see. I, I certainly wouldn't mind getting some fresh blood in there, but he might have a chance to turn it around. Patrick, when you watch the American League and you see what the White Sox are doing, is there a team that you look at? It may not be based on the one-loss record, but just a style of baseball that you think that the White Sox should mirror in order for them to be one of the top teams in the American League at some point. Well, I think the Houston Astros have really done a great job with their rebuild and the way that they um, they approach the game analytically. Um, they have a bunch of data-driven analysis um, using all like the driveline software and the like. Uh, I think that you know, they've, they've really gotten the most out of their players. And you see um, players, they've had really this um, critical mass of talent that Rick Hahn keeps describing. The Houston Astros really obtained, really uh, reached that level. And uh, they've just been able to keep replenishing their their, uh, their major league roster with new players that, that come in and seem to produce. And guys who come there from other teams, um, thinking, you know, in particular a guy like, let's say, Charlie Morton and even Justin Verlander, um, they seem to find another gear for their game in Houston. So whatever they're doing over there with uh, with helping guys getting prepped for games and um, you know teaching them how to get the most out of themselves, I think that that's uh, something that the White Sox should really mirror themselves off of. Uh, <clears throat> Luis Robert, sooner than later, right? As, as soon as I mean, he is go, he is tearing up the AAA. There's nothing really to prove there anymore. No, I, I really think personally, it's a waste of his time. I mean, it, it, you have guys like I mean, Ryan Goins. He was down there. He had an OPS over 900. This is a guy who he hasn't been able to hold down a spot on a major league roster specifically because of his late bat. I mean, it seems like you know, everybody down there, even Charlie Tilson, has a great OPS in Charlotte this season. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, what are you really going to get out of Robert being down there? I think that, in particular with him, the White Sox probably could have taken a great lesson from what just happened with, with Aloy Jimenez when he came up earlier this year. He, you know, he came up for a month and a half, and he really stunk, and I think that a lot of it was traced back to the fact that he's never really been challenged before, and he didn't have to condition himself to uh, prep to face minor league pitchers or anything like that. So there was this adjustment period, and I think that, you know, if Robert is going to have something similar to that. 
the White Sox are way better off getting that out of the way in 2019 than in a possibly competing season in 2020. So I think he should be here right now, no questions asked. Patrick Nolan from Sox Machine with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We talk about the White Sox as they were swept by the Kansas City Royals earlier. Um, you know, right around the corner is the Hall of Fame and Harold Baines is going in. And for, for, um, guys like me watching Harold Baines as a kid, I enjoyed him because during that time on the other side of town, it's Sandberg and on the south side, it's, it's, you know, the 83 team that was so good led by Harold Baines. I'm wondering, um, who's next for the White Sox? Like, Baines came out of nowhere. I'm not even sure if Baines really, from a number standpoint, is a Hall of Famer, but he's going in. But nonetheless, what do you see for the, the next guy? Because I'm wondering about how we look at baseball. We're not going to get 300 uh, win pitchers anymore, but I'm wondering, I wonder do the voters look at Burley <laughs> to, to kind of lower the bar, or who is the next Sox going into the, to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, well, I think that um, if Baines can get in, I think Burley can get in because Burley had a, a pretty remarkable career. I think that he was very unique. He was remembered very well by fans and media alike. And um, I think that Burley, in all honesty, probably has a better case than Harold Baines to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so I, he, he's definitely a possibility. I, other than him, I really don't see anyone who's going to be able to make it in there for quite some time. I mean, it, honestly, the since Chris Sale won a World Series with the Red Sox, there's probably he's probably not going to be wearing the White Sox cap if he gets there. Right. It, it's probably either going to be somebody like a Burley, or it's going to be a member of this young core. And we're, I mean, we're talking way down the road at that point. Yes, we'll be a very old and gray by the next time that a, a Sox gets in. So I'm going to enjoy Baines going in. But I and I know that people are listening to our conversations like there's no way, but. Look, we're not going to get 300-game winners anymore. There was never any questions about steroids or anything weird with Burley. He had 214 wins as a player. You know, After being with the White Sox for, what, from 2000 to 2011, you know, he became a journeyman with Miami and Toronto, but still he had over 200 wins. And some of those numbers, I'm sure, for some those that are voting will check out. You know, if you're over 200 wins, I think it'll be a consideration. Yeah, I think that's a hope. That's the hope, and I think that everything he did defensively and his kind of random one-off accomplishments, where you know you get to no hitter, you get a perfect game, you get a win and a save in the World Series. I mean, he's done some. He's had a very unique career, and I think it's one that's worth celebrating. And and hopefully the voters will agree with that. Patrick, if I went to socksmachine.com, what would I find? Uh, well, I'll be writing team previews for new opponents throughout the 2019 season, as well as uh, contributing some analysis. Um, you'll also see the, the great work from our managing editor, uh, Jim Margulis, um, podcast host Josh Nelson, and also the work of our other contributors, uh, Greg Nix and Ted Mulvey as well. As a Sox fan, I really enjoy Sox Machine. I hope if you're a Sox fan or just a fan of Major League Baseball, find out about the future of the White Sox. Patrick, as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Is uh, Patrick Nolan from Sox Machine with me, Jonathan Hood. We will have Throwback Thursday coming up next right here on Under the Hood. Jonathan Hood. And I got what it takes to rock the mic right yeah. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Yo, it's time for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Oh, 
Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Glad that you're in. Okay, we have another four-pack of Blackhawks convention tickets to give away if you want them. Stay by your listening advice how you can win between now and 10 o'clock. Here's how you can win. You can be part of Throwback Thursday. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Before Snapchat. What is that? Before Twitter. So what's the sitch? There was. That's so throwback. Those were the good times. That's so throwback. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday Memories. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. The throwback. Taking it back. Go back. The throwback. The throwback. Yes, it's Throwback Thursday right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Do you want to go to the Blackhawks convention? I've got tickets. i got a four-pack of uh, tickets. i got four more tickets to give away, right? All right, so 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Let me tell you what our Throwback Thursday question is. It's good every single Thursday right here on ESPN 1000. The Throwback Thursday question is... Who was the first athlete or celebrity you met? And what was the experience like? So we went to Facebook, Facebook.com, because Facebook is all about memories. Now, the question I have for you, same question. What was the first athlete or celebrity that you met that you, and what was the experience like? 312-332-ESPN. The best story about the best athlete or celebrity that you met, we will hook you up with convention tickets our way of saying thanks for listening to under the hood with jonathan hood weeknights here on espn 1000 so 312-332-3776 what's your story the first athlete or celebrity that you met what was the experience like let me take a look at this list here there's so many on here uh from facebook steve says joe morgan uh he says i'll dm the story to you later because i can't say the correct words because i gotta make it pg but he says that uh, the experience with Joe Morgan was not necessarily PG. Been having a little difficulty at the plate. Took some extra hitting practice. Uh-oh. There she goes. Deep to right field. Could be out of here. one nothing, Cincinnati. That's his third World Series home run, Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan. Interesting name out of the, out of the box. Lee Williams says Terry Cummings. He says he was drafted by the Clippers. I was good friends with his younger, his youngest brother, and Terry would come back to 117th and Perry and play in the summer basketball tournament uh, at school. I would watch DePaul on Channel 9 all the time, so he, he was a pro. It was like meeting a god, Terry Cummings. Oh, by three. Oh, man, the drama, the tension is so great here. Terry, that's an old Terry Cummings highlight. I like that. On a throwback Thursday. Let's see. Kyle Hall says, Harold Baines, as a kid, one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. The Hall of Famer. Home, the American League's best at 335. For whatever reason, Baines hit 341 against left-handers. Look out. This game is tied. 
and it hits the facing of the roof. That is your major tape measure job. All right. Um, throwback Thursday with Jonathan Hood. Let's let's on ESPN back. 1000. Paul Huber says he met a great guy, Metal Lark Lemon, and he put the picture out on Facebook. That's great. <laughs> That's Metal Lark. <laughs> The pit for the quarter has not finished. <laughs> I don't even know what it's like. What? I don't know what that was. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know. Metal Lark blowing a whistle. Great guy. At the train station as the bells are ringing. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> oh, God. Um, well, we want it sound. There's such sound. The sound of a bell and Metal Lark Lemon. His name was in there somewhere, right? I, I, I don't I, I, Okay. Uh, Juan Martinez says, I was eight. It was amazing. I uh, had a meet and greet with Michael Jordan. Uh, my dad called me an idiot for not playing, paying a closer attention to it, but it was great and embarrassing at the same time. Wow. He said, You also met Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Slap it to a sl- Slim Jim. There you go. Uh, 312 332 ESPN is our phone number. Question that we have for you. For our throwback Thursday is throwback. Who was the first athlete or celebrity that you met, and what was the experience like? Tim at O'Hare on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood. Hi, Tim. Tim's not there. Tim doesn't want the tickets bad enough. See, so open up a line here. Three one two three three two ESPN. Can't have Sean. Sean likes to swear. <laughs> How about that, Eric? How about that? Yikes. If you're sitting on hold, watch your language, please. <laughs> oh, my God. People get comfortable with the program. Someone met Jim McMahon. CJ Jr. says Jonathan Hood at the Belmont Studios. He was cool as hell. All right. Who'd you pay to? You paid him to do that, right? I, you know who that? I'm looking at. The, oh, that's Cy, Cy Strizzo. That's who I. It's <laughs> an old producer I used to work with back in the day. Cy Strizzo. Joe Ostrowski says the Duke. We're just wide open here. Is that the, the gambling guy, right? Who, Joe? Yeah. No, well, yes. But the Duke <laughs> is who I was talking about. Not my brother. Not that guy. <laughs> is he the gambling guy? Yes, Joe is the gambling guy. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> As you well know. <laughs> on a throwback Thursday. Larry and Lakeview on throwback Thursday on ESPN 1000. Hi, Larry. Yeah, how you doing tonight? Hi. Yeah, my uh, son and I, we met Ron Sano. He had his restaurant in Park Ridge. My son was about five years old. And uh, the guy was just such a class act. Uh, you know, we walked in. Uh, I, I, my son didn't even know who he was at the time. I go, this is a real famous Cubs player. His name's Ron Sano. He came up to us, shook our hand. It was a memory I'll never forget. Thank you very much, Larry. Ron Sano, I have a lot of stories about Ron in that regard. Being just a really great guy to the fans. Nine-time All-Star Ron Santo. 
Uh, George Vargas says uh, Tom Waddle, nice guy down to earth. Waddle gets a vote. Let's see. Um, Ernie Banks gets a vote here on Facebook. 1 1 pitch. He swings and a drive. Liner left field. It is. There it is. Mr. Banks has just hit his 500th career homer. He is getting a standing ovation. So, Stephen. Gartner says that it was 68. He was imp- he was umpiring a softball game for charity. My parents took me over and I got his autograph, which at my age, I didn't even know the value. He was very pleasant. There you go, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks. Uh, hey, there's a couple other people here. Uh, s- someone says that they met Sammy Sosa in person. Ball and a strike to Sosa. Looks for his first career hit against Acevedo. Larkin and Walker playing on the outfield grass. And there's a drive. Deep toward right. It's two in as many days for Sosa. <laughs> Chip Carey on the call. I was just going to say, I love Chip Carey, man. <laughs> like, I recognize that instantly. Way back. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 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 A, a hanger on a banger. Whoa. Chip Carey on the call, WGN. Uh... Julie DeCaro says Sean Dunstan and he ruled. Shawan, that's cool. He ruled. Yes, he, he did. Sean he ruled. Sean did rule, yes. Thumbs up. Did you see did you see who that was from? Yes, I see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm witnessing it. It's just wide open. <laughs> we're just helping each other's segments. That's all. Yes, that's right. That's, that's right. all it is. We're, we're just fodder for each we're, other. We're across enemy lines helping <laughs> each other out. It's beautiful, man. People just, you know what? Let me I, let me get to CM Punk here because we should uh, we should do that, Eric. Anytime that uh, that we're uh, breaking the fourth wall. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. See what happened there? I mean. We're just we got we got a Dostrowski, we got a DeCaro. They're all helping the segment. That's what I'm saying. We all we all hold hands in the end. <laughs> I can't wait to read your book on that. <laughs> wait to, I, I don't uh, the reading thing. Nah, no, but writing though. I know, but like I have to write what or read what I wrote. Then <laughs> that's extra work. I'd love to read your book on we all <laughs> radio wars. We all hold hands. It's got a nice title <laughs> already. Does. We're starting with that. <laughs> Mike and Wheaton on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood for a Throwback Thursday. Hi, Mike. How you doing, Hoodie? I'm well. So I grew up in Arlington Heights. Um, like in, uh, well, we moved there in like '75 and lived there till about '89. And Sweetness used to, he lived there too. He would drive through the neighborhood and get out and toss the ball with the neighborhood kids. See, that's that's a great guy right there. I mean, so many great stories about Walter. Hold on a second, Mike, because we have Mike and we got Larry in the queue, right? Let me see what Sergio has from uh, North Lake with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hey, Serge. Hey, how's it going? I'm well, thanks. All right. So my story is I was working in Oak Brook, and Frank Thomas was hurt at the time when he was playing for the White Sox. Mm -hmm. And so he was going through the therapy, and he was coming out. And I noticed him right away because this guy is massive. And he had his arm braced and some kind of brace, whatever. But I was so nervous, so I went up to him. I, hey, can I get your autograph? You know, you're Frank Thomas. And I totally forgot. I didn't have a pen. So I told him, you know what? Why don't you put your thumb on my forehead, and then I'll sketch it out at work, and I'll print it out. And this guy just looked at me like, are you serious, kid? Like, what's wrong with you? But he did it anyways. 
And uh, to this day, I wish I would have had a pen so I would have gotten his autograph. That's pretty cool. Anything to be able to get something from Frank at the time, right? Okay. I'm confused what happened. So he put his thumb on his head and then he traced it? Yep. Pardon the expression. (laughs) So there you have it. Serge, Mike, uh, and Larry. Which one gets the Blackhawks convention tickets? I'll start with you, Felix. Larry. Because? It's Ron Santo. Cubs fan here. All right, moving on. All right, <laughs> now we move on to someone more objective. We turn now to Eric Ostrowski with more. Eric? I will go with Mike and Wheaton because uh, the story of just Walter Payton, you just imagine being a young boy in the front yard and Walter Payton strolls up and you start tossing the pigskin with him. Sounds awesome. You know what? I think that all three of these stories are great, but I'm going to have to side with uh, uh, really uh, the great story of Walter Payton. Absolutely. Second play of the second half of the 21-yard line. Walter needs two to break the record. High formation. Wing to the right is McKinnon. Galt wide to the left. They send McKinnon in motion through to the left side. Quick pitch to Walter. Looking for the record. Cuts back. He's got it. He's out of it at 25 to the 26-yard line. Walter Payton becomes the National Football League all-time leading rusher, surpassing Jim Brown on his second carry here in the second half. And that's the equivalent to Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth all-time home run record and listen to the standing ovation for Walter Payton and look at the media coming out I am so glad that it's over with and I'll maybe uh, get back to uh, to normal life where I don't have to do interviews every day and people coming over to my house wanting to know all my uh, intimate most personal secrets <laughs> right there Joe McConnell on the call and that my friends is how we do throwback Thursday ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I hope that you enjoy my theme from the 1970s. When I was a guy that was solving crimes. I'm it, totally picturing a cop drama. <laughs> Before you said that, I was picturing two guys in sunglasses sliding over a hood of a car. This might be the new open for the fall. <laughs> what is that? Well, I forgot what that is now. Um, It says Stick Up. That's all it says. I don't know the name of the band. Hold on. Let me that's, see. That's so here. funny. I love that. Nope. That's all it says. All right. That's so funny. Well, it is. That was the name of my show, Stick Up. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> that was the name yeah. in the 1970s. It was a short-lived program, but there I was with an afro and big bu- stick up. big bushy mustache with part of the expression. And there I was with my pleather jacket, and I was solving crimes. <laughs> Much better shape back then while I was running down people in the neighborhood. Remember it well. And that was my theme. And when it came on, people rushed to the television to turn it off. We thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESP 1000 at the ESP app. Our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to David Schoenfeld, to Stacey Dale, to Ray Flores, to Patrick Nolan. The show produced by Eric, Felix, and Sean on the other side of the glass. Uh, 
I'm back Friday, but I'm working with Freddie Coleman nationally on ESPNRadio.com from 8 to midnight. I'll, I'll put it on Twitter so you can I'll remind you. Twitter.com, Tweet J Hood. I'll be off from 8 to midnight Friday night on ESPNRadio.com. And then on the weekend, Dickerson and Hood, 3 o'clock on Saturday, 3 o'clock on Sunday. Hope that you're with me. And if not, let's do this again Monday. Special time, apparently. 6 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Talk to you tomorrow night at 8 on ESPNRadio.com. Back after this. Good night from Chicago. Jonathan Hood. I'm so good. On ESPN 1000. Ow.